if, if you're not successful, I'm not successful. So, you know, I'm not trying to be a business leader who, you know, makes money off of his employees. I want to be someone who works with the people I'm building a company with. And, you know, we support each other together. So, Welcome to Building Birmingham Together, a show about Birmingham's business leaders' successes, failures, and lessons learned to encourage you to remember that dreaming is free, but the hustle is sold separately. I'm your host, Kim Lee, founder and CEO of Forge. Building Birmingham Together is brought to you today by Forge. Forge is Birmingham's first professional co-working space located in the heart of downtown Birmingham at the Pazitz Building. With private offices, open workspace, as well as meeting and event space, Forge is the place where small business owners, entrepreneurs, and remote workers come together, meet new people, and get work done. If you would like to find out more about Forge, you can visit our website at workatforge.com and schedule a tour today. Today, I'm interviewing Brett Abels, founder and CEO of Feast. Feast is a Birmingham-based company that is providing a solution to catering for both customers and local restaurants. Feast is the best way for restaurants to connect to customers that need catering services. Customers often feel like their catering options are limited, and Feast believes that it shouldn't be that way. Feast connects, promotes, and grows relationships based around food, revealing a multitude of catering possibilities to customers. Brett has been in the food industry for many years, working his way up at Jimmy John's. It is through this experience that gave Brett the passion for Feast. Feast is working towards bettering the lives of restaurant employees. The restaurant industry is fascinating. Everyone benefits from having access to a local restaurant. Few take the time to find ways to actually better the lives of the hardworking team members that are the backbones of these restaurants. I know that you are really going to enjoy this story and the amazing work of Brett and his team and how his passion to serve restaurants and our city um, have led to the start of Feast. But before we get started with the interview, I wanted to take a quick break and let you know about a special that we are having at Forge for the holidays. The holiday season, uh, this holiday season, we're introducing day pass bundles. I know it's hard to believe that we're already talking about the holidays, but they're going to be here before we know it. This day pass bundle is the perfect solution to be able to work in peace and quiet without all the distractions at home that the holidays can bring. This bundle is a 10 day is 10 day passes for just $199. We know that not everyone needs a full-time co-working membership, but you do sometimes need a quiet place to work. These day passes are perfect for just that. They do not expire, so you can either use all 10 in November and December or you can use just a few this holiday season and then come in January or February when you need a change of scenery for a few days. They could also be a perfect gift for someone who you know needs to get out of the house. Um, For more information, just visit workatforge.com forward slash holiday bundle, and you can find out more about how to purchase these holiday day passes. Now to the interview with Brett. So Brett, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. Happy to be here. And I need you to write all my elevator pitches because that's better than I can summarize it. Well, uh, just being honest, I looked at LinkedIn and got a lot of inspiration from there. So, uh, so you actually did a really good job. 
<laughs> I was like, that sounds like some of the stuff I've said, but a lot of it, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I submitted that, but anyway, that was Well, great. yes. So I am so excited to have you on this podcast. We have been wanting to do this for a while, but business growth, COVID, lots of other things have gotten in the way. So I'm so glad that we finally um, get to talk today. Me too. Yeah. I felt like it was my fault. I was like, we've been trying no. to do this for months and I kept having to come up with a reason that I was unavailable, which is great. And anyone who's in the restaurant industry, they will totally understand that. It's just, it's a ever evolving situation. Like every day is different. And so. And oh, I can't even imagine, especially you're not one restaurant you're representing. <laughs> I don't know how many, but okay. So before we get going, I would love for you to tell us what is feast. How are you making these connections between customers and, um, and the restaurants? And so I want to hear about what feast is. Then we're going to talk a little bit about your background and what got you to feast. Yeah. So you actually summarized it really well, but essentially feast the reason I knew Feast was a solution that Birmingham needed is because I've been working with catering customers for years, but I could only represent them out of one restaurant. And so Mm -hmm. it was actually the customers telling me, you know, like, Hey, we have to order from all these different restaurants, but you know, sometimes there's an issue with a delivery driver or, you know, the restaurants just didn't have time to talk to them. So Mm -hmm. that was the reason, like I left, the corporate restaurant industry to found restaurant solutions companies and feast was the easiest one to start initially because I knew it was just a need that restaurant owners would grasp right away. And so COVID really changed it because staffing was already kind of an issue before COVID, but that was really accelerated by COVID and it's not just growing restaurant sales through catering that was a focal point to them. It was the fact that we were going to handle the catering customer and deliver the food. And so that that's why so many restaurants have just fallen in love with Feast. And then the customers love it too, because now they have someone that's like focused on them as opposed to, you know, just maybe some random restaurant employee who doesn't have time to, you know, deal with the aspects of what they're doing. Right. So tell us, how does it work? How does Feast work? So we, it really all starts with the customers. Um, we, there are great customers all over the city that represent these large companies like PNC, Callahan Ice Center, Landing, and it's usually one person in charge and they go out and they're, you know, searching restaurant menus and going online to try to figure out who even handles catering orders. But once they discover Feast, then literally all they have to do, they have one account manager or they can order online if they mm-hmm. prefer that. But all they have to do is just utilize us. We build out everything for them if you know if they have questions. And it's literally as simple as submitting their order. The restaurant makes the food and then a Feast driver shows up at time of delivery, delivers it, sets it up. And it's a great experience for everyone involved. So... It's a little bit like an Uber Eats or waiter, but how is it different? I get that a lot, but in reality, it's actually a lot. It's a lot because, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of fantastic gig delivery drivers who really take pride in their job. But at the same, you know, at the same time, um, just a single order delivery of like, you know, one sandwich and one drink, that is so much different than delivering an 80 person meal. Right. So our drivers are extremely vetted. They're professionals. Most of them have been restaurant general managers before, or at least held high level positions. So 
they understand, you know, all the ins and outs of, you know, picking up this order and making sure that every single item is there. And then when they deliver it, you know, they operate extremely professional and, you know, make sure everything's set up properly just because so much can go wrong with a lot of, with, with a large order like that. Yes. And it really takes a professional driver to make sure that, that it is successful. And, and that's actually something that even separates us from our national competitor. There's a, there's a very large uh, company that does this nationwide and they don't have their own delivery drivers. They utilize, um, DoorDash, you know, and oh. that's something that's really, you know, Birmingham has possibly the best catering delivery experience of any city because we specialize in, you know, offering a much higher level delivery driver. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, okay. not to brag on our company. I'm just saying oh. like, it's actually a really great thing that we have. That. Well, I will say to brag on y'all a little bit, we have had feast cater several things here at Birmingham. And, I mean, at Forge, <laughs> Birmingham, <laughs> in Birmingham at Forge. And um, it is, it is fantastic. And your delivery, um, the drivers delivers, they are great and very professional. So it's, it's just been a great experience. And we always tell people to use feast. You just make yeah. it so easy, but um, we're going to go back and I'm going to ask you some more questions about feast, because I know there's so much about your passions about the restaurant industry that really drove you to start feast. But before we do that, um, I'd love to hear if you could share just a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I love the restaurant industry. <laughs> Anybody who meets me knows that because, you know, I just make it apparent. And the reason is, is when I was 17 years old, I got a job in the restaurant industry and it was really good money right away. It was flexible around my schedule and it gave me the opportunity to build a career. And so, I, you know, I didn't believe I would be in the restaurant industry 15 years later, but because I like I created a family in the industry and I was given opportunities to excel. I fell in love with it. And so I was fortunate to get in with a company that everybody knows is Jimmy John's. But when I started with Jimmy John's, we we were only a few hundred stores, which is still a lot, still but a lot. Compared, to what, compared to where they are now, you know, it's a massive growth. And um, I was fortunate to grow uh, with Jimmy John's and be able to get different opportunities at the management level. And then when I got to Birmingham, the fran the local franchisee is actually a really great guy named Brandon Stewart. And he um, was extremely innovative and wanted to test out new positions. And so he actually allowed me to take a position um, called the area marketing director, which is not something that every Jimmy John's franchise has. And that really allowed me to test my skills outside of the four walls of the restaurant. And mm -hmm. doing that is kind of what led me to one, it's it's part of, you know, what helped me birth feast is because I discovered, you know, there was such a need for, you know, catering managers and stuff like that. But two, um, you know, it allowed me to develop uh, strong leadership skills and stuff. So I'm really thankful for Brandon and Jimmy John's in general. But as you know, we clearly know I have left the restaurant industry and that's because I just looked up and I saw there was such a need for innovation because I was helping solve problems for one restaurant franchise, but there needed to be people solving problems for the restaurant industry as a whole. And so that's mm -hmm. why I left and that's why I'm here today. Well, and I do think it's interesting to note because we're all listening to this 
post-COVID and most people listening will know that the restaurant industry is really has been shaken and it's fragile, but this um, passion started before COVID and you launched like right in COVID, which is crazy. But can you tell us, um, you know, just, just what, when you talk about the restaurant industry and they need help with catering, like where your passion for that comes, like what's going on that the outside consumer who's not involved might not know. And maybe even like what you saw before and even now how this is even um, so much more needed and how it supports the restaurants now in a way they didn't even know they needed. Yeah. And I'm glad you redirected there because, you know, that's a mistake that I think a lot of people make is they're just like, oh, COVID caused all these issues in the restaurant industry. And now, you know, this is a problem that'll probably be solved in a year. And we, but that's just so not true. And in, in actuality, the restaurant industry was really struggling prior to COVID. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much innovation happening everywhere. You know, technology has just really excelled so many industries, but the restaurant industry is so far behind. And somewhat, that's something that I always struggled with as I was looking up at all the inefficiencies and just being like, there are so many things we could do different and it would really solve a lot of these problems. But I knew we were on thin ice in a lot of ways and COVID really accelerated that. And as you've seen, there were just, there were so many weak, you know, weak spots in the system that have completely fallen. And now every, like, I literally had one restaurant owner, he's well known here in Birmingham, he said, we just feel like we're drowning. And there's no one coming to help, you know, we're just literally exhausted and just, you know, trying to make sure we hang in there. And that's sad. And that's why I'm so passionate about solving these problems. Yeah, well, I remember you saying, um, And I think the first time we actually talked about this interview and talked through things, um, it was, it was, well, anyways, so one of the things that you talked about with Feast is that one of the huge advantages is in restaurants, there's pretty high turnover, especially with catering managers. So they come in for six months to a year, we have to train that person and then they leave and then you have to train somebody else. So the great thing about feast is that feast, you become the catering person. And so the restaurant doesn't have to waste time or spend time and resources on training somebody that's probably going to leave. But now with restaurants where it's just so hard to even find employees to fill all the roles it's such an even greater resource that you're able to support these restaurants to allow them to have the big orders that they may not be able to fulfill just because they don't have somebody to answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big, so there used to be quite a few really talented, fantastic catering managers around Birmingham. And there still are like Amy Kane. I tell her every day or every time I talk to her, I'm like, Amy, you're amazing. You're so good at what you do. But unfortunately, a lot of the people who had become catering managers either left the industry on their own, because as we know, there's just, it's called like the the big quit, like everybody's yep. leaving. Um, or when restaurants were looking at their bottom line and they had to make cuts, you know, so that they could just stay afloat. One of the first things you're cutting is your catering manager, just because, you know, that person's not necessarily inside the four walls driving everyday operations. They're just hopefully helping you grow sales. And, you know, Mm -hmm. with COVID, that market drew 
it went away a lot. So there was just no point to that position. Or if they did stay on board, they just kind of became a restaurant manager. Manager. So yes, yeah. that like everything you just said is true. And it goes way beyond that. Um, it's not just the catering managers. It's just the industry as a whole is just really suffering from people leaving and exiting. And that's actually what the tech stars thing was about. So I'm I know. Yes. Yeah. So that was my next. Stuff. Yes. So that was, that was going to be my segue into, I know that you were just part of the tech stars food tech event, which was here in Birmingham, which was a huge event to be mm-hmm. here in Birmingham. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what that event is and what um, gets you so excited about it? Yeah. So um, as I've explained to you, feast is the first you know, mm-hmm. company that I've created, but I really want to be a part of just bringing a lot of innovation to Birmingham around the restaurant industry and hopefully growing it throughout the Southeast and, you know, making it to where people look at Birmingham and they're like, oh, wow, they really helped the restaurant industry right there in that city, which mm-hmm. I feel like goes in with your building, Birmingham. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's really interesting. If if you, at any point in the last couple of years, you ask me, what's the biggest problem that needs to be solved? It would have been restaurant staffing, but also restaurant retention. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're hand in hand. And we, you introduced me to Jennifer Ryan, who uh-huh. is the founder of Blue Root, which by the way, thank you. She's become such a great <laughs> industry friend. And after Alabama Launchpad, someone reached out to me and they were like, hey, you know, sorry, y'all didn't win, but like, thought y'all did a great job. You should look into food tech. And I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on with it, but I looked into it a little bit and I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be involved in that. And so I knew we couldn't pitch feast because, you know, it has to be a, an idea that you're not, you know, already working on. It needed to be something new. And so I reached out to a friend, Kenny Kung, who is one of my friends who does, uh, he, he's in technology. And I was like, Hey, you know, I could be the food, you could be the tech, let's look into this. And then I talked to Jennifer Ryan and she was on board. And then Lindsay Noto, who she's actually, a lot of people know her around Birmingham. She's a great chef. She's been a part of a lot of concepts. And then my mentor, uh, Stuart Price, I reached out to him and he was willing to get involved as well. And so we were like, well, let's hop on a call and discuss a few ideas that we might could work on. Within five minutes, Lindsay had mentioned, you know, restaurant staffing and every single one of us were just like, yes, 100%. That's the biggest issue. And we're like, okay, well, how do we solve it? And so I don't want to dive into it too much because, you know, we haven't even launched our app yet, but we... So so it's going to, I mean, because this event, if I'm... I could be wrong, but it's like a hackathon, right? Do they present? Is that kind yes, of yes. So basically, it's a 54-hour sprint of just, you know, taking an idea from an idea to a company. And we... And how we, many teams were there? It were, There were six teams that made made it to the final. So basically, on on Friday night, that was the kickoff event. And uh, Mayor Randall Wood, Woodfin was there. Oh. He, he kicked it off. And then... Um, People from Techstars, I believe Nate Schmidt is mm-hmm. his name. Uh, he was there, and it was basically just like, "All right, everybody, throw out an idea, and you know, let's see what happens." And so we went. You, you were allowed to come either as an individual or a team who already, you know, had an idea in mind. And so we already had a group of people that we knew we were going to do the whole weekend. And so you know, we started on Friday night, and then Saturday it was six teams were still left, and we got to. 
I spent a lot of time with different mentors, which we were so thankful for because there were a lot of really great people there that we wanted to talk to. And every one of them were like, wow, yeah, this is a good idea. I think you should uh, definitely pursue this. And then on Sunday, Jen pitched it. Jen and Lindsay oh. pitched it. And I don't know if you've ever heard Jen like really rant. Yeah, she, I'm it, sure it was it, awesome. Well, she's such a such a great speaker. You need to have her on this podcast. I know. Um, but she just really crushed it. And then Lindsay is like a more well-spoken spoken version of me. Like she understands the restaurant industry the way that I do and is super passionate about it. But she was able to, and she's more Birmingham local than I am. You know, I just mm-hmm. moved six years ago, whereas I believe she, you know, grew up here and stuff. So she was really able to dive in on her passion about the city. And then, you know, we were nervous. We thought we did a good job, but it was still like hearing like, you're the winner was like, it was so exciting. I mean, I, I haven't experienced anything like that in a really long time. That is great. So, okay. So y'all focused on staffing, so we won't go into it now. We'll wait till it launches and then we'll have you back. But um, so what are some other areas in the restaurant industry that you see where it really needs um, to have some innovation? What's I mean, next? there's a lot and it's really that, you know, that that's a tough question just because there's so many things that, uh-huh. you know, n- we need to, to do better at, but in really it all starts with staff, not, not just staffing in the sense of being understaffed, but just restaurant retention in general. Like uh, part of what we were talking about is there's just so much talent leaving the industry. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, when they think about the restaurant industry, there's some people who really appreciate us and, you know, like, you know, love their certain restaurants, but I don't think many people think like, Oh, there's so much talent in the industry. When in reality, like, and especially right here in Birmingham, like we've got James Beard award winners, like, there are so many people who have been in the industry for a really long time. They're very talented. And that's why you can get such, you know, great experiences at so so many restaurants, but they're leaving. Like those yeah. people are, they're leaving left and right. I mean, I'm one of them, even though I'm technically still a part of the industry, I'm no longer operating restaurants. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so that's more so than just being understaffed in general, we've really got to figure out how do we keep some of our talent in the industry. And that doesn't have to look like, you know, 50 hours a week anymore. It could look like 10 to 20 hours, literally just, you know, being a part of it in some way is what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, Well, and it also seems Birmingham has some really amazing restaurants and there's always new concepts opening up, but there's not, there's not more staff coming in, you know? And so it's such a, the pool is remaining the same and there are more and more options to, there are more and more restaurants opening. So that cannot help either. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Like Lindsay would be the one that needs to tell you the story because she understands the actual details, but she was telling me there's this like fantastic uh, couple who I think they're from like Washington, D.C. or something like that. And they went to different cities and like researched different cities and they discovered Birmingham and they were like, that's where we want to launch our restaurant concept. And so they are apparently it's just like fantastic food and, you know, it's going to be a really exciting launch, but they are having the same mindset that we all are, which is, are we going to have enough talent to, you know, really run this thing? And 
on that note, Lindsay brought up such a great point that I hadn't really factored in is that with all the great stuff happening in Birmingham right now, like we just got, you know, our new stadium in Uptown, which is so exciting. And we've got landing is announcing, you know, they're bringing so many employees here. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much positive momentum with Birmingham. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that's built around the fact that we have such a great atmosphere and some of that comes with the restaurants the that food. we have. Yeah. Yeah. And if we lose that, it might have a, you know, ripple effect across multiple industries. And so that's, part. you know, when we were pitching this weekend, we were fortunate to be in the room with, you know, industry leaders that are like, you know, in other other industries. And, yeah. and we were like, Hey, just so you know, like <laughs> you may not be paying attention to the restaurant industry, but you need to, because if we lose what makes the restaurant industry in Birmingham special, yeah, it, it could, it could cause certain companies not want to move here. Yeah. You know, you see what's happening in cities like Austin and stuff like, it, of course there's, there's other reasons why big companies move into a city, but you definitely factor stuff like that in. Mm-hmm. And so back to your building Birmingham, you know, mindset, it's just like, to me, it's very important. I think people really need to be paying attention to what's happening in the restaurant industry. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I see so much is it Birmingham is becoming such a great place to attract people, but it's really the thriving small businesses, like you said, that make Birmingham attractive and different. Um, so yeah. Okay. I'm going to change our focus a little bit. So, um, I want to hear from you what it's been like being a leader of your organization. So you worked in corporate for a long time and you worked your way up and, um, and so you probably, you know, you might've felt like a leader and a boss, but now you are the leader and you have your own company. So what has that transition been like for you? It is completely different. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you know, the, and going back to speaking highly of Jimmy John's, like they had such a great system in place that allowed you to thrive within, of course, you know, they gave you the ability to kind of create your own culture, you know, naturally Uh like Jimmy John's in Birmingham is just going to be so much different than Jimmy John's in Atlanta. But at the same time, you just have that outline and that structure of like, okay, this is what, you know, you really need to do. And so when I decided, Oh, I'm going to leave this (laughs) 14, 15 year career to start my own business. I was like, ah, this will be super easy. Like, ah, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing, but Oh, it's, there's so many things that you don't factor in that you can run into. And, um, so while one, I would, I encourage anyone and everyone to, Hey, if you have a dream, go after it, like start a business. We need more entrepreneurs, you know, starting, uh, starting companies, but at the same time, like, just make sure you're aware that, you know, there's a lot of things you might not be factoring in. And it's super important to put the right people around you. Mm -hmm. Like there were so many questions that I didn't know the answers to, and I didn't know who to ask, but I was fortunate to find people like Michael Clark, who uh, he's a lawyer here in Birmingham and and Mm -hmm. just people like him who have been able to help. And that's one really great thing about Birmingham is that People support startup companies here. You can get it. You can get plugged in with the right people and they will support you and make sure that you have a chance at succeeding. Because we all know that a lot of what's the statistic that most startup companies fail within like two years and maybe even like shorter than that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and like that scared. I mean, Feast is only like 
seven months in. (laughs) It's like, uh, it's so important to have the right people around you. So what, um, what struggle or hardship has been the most surprising that you didn't expect? Well, this is not necessary. This probably isn't the best answer to this question, but getting hit by the second wave of COVID really like, so we, you know, I went full time, I think in March and by like, by May feast, like did the SEC baseball tournament, which was, you know, massive. And then by June, like we had quadrupled our sales from, you know, the beginning. And so we're just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be just this fun ride of growing sales by 30, 40% every month. And then the Delta variant happened and it was just like so many businesses that were coming back were like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, actually, no. And so they went and we had a couple rough a uh, couple of rough months there. Um, so, you know, that that's, that's probably not the answer you were looking for, but it's just like, it's just that you never know what, what could hit you at any time that could just create, you know, a huge issue and you have to, you have to be flexible and, you know, know how to pivot and do things um, that you didn't originally plan on doing. And I think pivoting and um, realizing that you need to test out different things is very important as well, because, we had this vision back in, you know, April, May of like, oh, this is what it's going to look like, but something can turn that on its head really quickly and, and you have to be prepared for that. Yeah, that was going to be my question. So has it has, has your vision, not vision, but has what you envisioned changed since you started or are you pretty much... Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways it has, I mean, um, we, we initially didn't plan on offering delivery. We, you know, yeah. I mean, originally we were going to just be an online platform that connected the catering customer to the restaurant because Mm -hmm. we knew we could, you know, we, we, we knew we could fit that gap, but what we realized so early on was that these restaurants couldn't deliver the catering orders anymore. Like they didn't have, because going back to what I was saying earlier, you have to have a specific type of person to deliver those orders. And think about it from the restaurant level, you're already understaffed and you're sending out one of your best employees during <laughs> lunch rush to, to deliver a catering order. And so uh, that's that's what happened is somewhat or one of our great partners was just like, look, you know, we'll work with you, but you've got to handle delivery. And so we were like, all right, well, you know, we can do that. I, I ran Jimmy Downs for 14 years. I, I've got a pretty good understanding of how to, you know, how to manage a delivery system. And so um, we changed right away with that. And then, um, we, we thought we were going to launch in Atlanta pretty quickly. Yeah. And then, I mean, I had even told you at one point, like, Hey, yeah, yeah I think we're looking in Atlanta and it's just, you know, just so many things changed where you realize like, Hey, we have an opportunity to be really special. And if we grow too fast and go to cities that, you know, maybe we shouldn't just yet, that could that could hurt us in the long run. So we've decided instead, we're just really going to focus around the greater Birmingham area. And then our next, uh, our next, you know, launches will probably be in places like Auburn, Alabama, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Tuscaloosa and Huntsville. And so, so we're, we're really, and I think that's great. You know, we're becoming more of an Alabama focused company, whereas I used to think we might be in like Atlanta and Nashville before Huntsville, which is kind of silly, you know, like, why would you Mm -hmm. not go to Huntsville instead? Yeah. And Huntsville's growing like crazy. I mean, it's surpassed Birmingham at this point, right? So, or or, or like as far as like growth. Growth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, um, 
before I move on with questions, because I mean, I have a different uh, set of questions to ask, but I do want you to share, because I think it's um, such a great part of your beginning story. And because it's the restaurants and COVID, how, how you were able to work with um, actually Madison, who was on the podcast early, early on with um, Care Health, um, yeah. and urban avenues, but how y'all will, were able to partner together to serve our, um, restaurant community and our frontline workers. I'm glad you asked me that because I, yeah. I'm so, I'm happy for her. She, I, I know she moved on to do something else and I hope she's having a lot of success doing that. Well, so yeah, that's actually, it's a really important a piece of the puzzle in explaining how much Birmingham cares about the restaurant industry is last summer, you know, basically it was like when March hit, uh, March and April, everyone was just like, oh my God, what is happening? And so by June, you know, a lot of restaurants had closed their doors, you know, temporarily, but that, you know, they didn't know what they were going to do. And there were a lot of great people around the city of Birmingham who they were literally giving money to, mm-hmm. Um, you know, these organizations so that they could buy food for the frontline workers and stuff. And what a great thing. I mean, you know, we needed to support our frontline workers during that time, but also the restaurants needed to be supported. And so it it was two-sided, you know, money comes in, it goes to the restaurants, which helps them. And then the food goes to the hospital workers and stuff. So they had, there were multiple organizations that, um, that were doing that last summer, but care health was one and, and they did a lot of organizing and it was literally, um, you know, Madison and like a couple volunteers literally handling all of it. And, And so I reached out to her around November and was like, Hey, you know, I know that you're trying to do this again in December. They wanted to feed like 500 healthcare workers. I was like, but you don't have to do this by yourself. I know you're using like, uh, you know, volunteers and stuff, but feast is literally about to launch. And this would actually be a great way to test our system. Like we'll help you organize this and deliver it and stuff. And she was like, Oh, that would be fantastic. And like on her end, she was like, I can't believe this guy's willing to help me. But on my end, I was not only did we want, you know, to be a part of it, but we knew it was a great way to test our concept and, you know, make sure it would work before it went live. So, so we did, we, uh, we helped feed 500. Uh, I think, I can't remember the exact numbers, but they did like X amount of meals and then feast matched them and, you know, which we were happy to do. And we fed quite a bit of, uh, uh frontline workers literally like the week of Christmas or in something. a very yeah. short amount of time. Yeah, It was just a couple of days and, yeah. and it went super well. And so, yeah, she was one of the first people that I met during this journey that like really helped well, why I love that story so much, one is what you did for both restaurants and healthcare workers who were stretched so thin. But when I think of feast, I think of like how, like serving Birmingham and your desire to really serve people in Birmingham. And that's just such a great origin story of that is literally how you started. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just speaks to who y'all are as a company. Well, thank you. And, you know, we don't ever want to try too hard to, you know, be like, oh, you know, we're trying to help. We're trying to help. But like, in reality, we really are like we we care. Um, like my co-founder, Erin Hill, like she 
she's, I tell stories all the time. Like she's the type of person that would take in like 20 cats if she could, <laughs> like her husband would kill her, but she, she just, she wants to help everyone. And I'm the same way. And like, so she really like together us, like having that mindset, it just made it to where, you know, mm-hmm. we went after stuff like that early on. And, and it helps because a lot of our customers recognize that. Like I have great customers like Allison Harris uh, with PNC and she cares about those types of things. And she recognizes that we do. And then like Beth McCall and all the great people at church of the Highlands, you know, how great they've served our community. And like, you know, they love that they love that there's, you know, buying food from an organization that also cares about, you know, helping right. as well. Absolutely. So. Um, okay. Well, the next question, you've touched on this a little bit, but I just want to ask you to see if you have any other thoughts. So the title of this podcast is Building Birmingham Together. So, um, and really when I was thinking about the podcast and what I wanted to do, it really went back to why I started Forge and the idea that as new businesses are started, as we're supporting the ones that are here, we're all making Birmingham better. Um, and so want to ask you how you see Feast and your new restaurant innovative solutions, <laughs> you t- how you um, phrased it, but um, how you see these making, uh, building Birmingham together. I mean, honestly, I, I think we fit right in. I mean, to me, if you're thinking about uh, companies that are making Birmingham better, it's who is solving a problem. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just about becoming this great company that brings in a lot of revenue to the city. It's also like, can we help solve problems right here in the city of Birmingham? And like all the great companies that we know around here, we know that they are solving problems. And um, we're, we're just laser focused on helping the restaurant industry. And we know, and Birmingham is such a great city to do that in, you know, primary, like some of these larger cities are really tough to, you know, get a foothold in, but like Birmingham is if you can prove that you can solve a problem in Birmingham, you'll be given a chance. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's something we're really excited about is being able to be a part of uplifting the restaurant industry as a whole. And we know that's going to benefit Birmingham, but then, you know, we can take that to other cities as well. And if we have success there, then our company, which will be based in Birmingham forever, because we all live here and love it. Like that can only benefit Birmingham as a whole as well, you know? Right. like I'm passionate about um, building our companies to stay in Birmingham, you know, mm-hmm. and I think most people are a lot of entrepreneurs that are here that they want to stay. I mean, why not? It's such a great city. Why would you want to leave? Agree. I don't know. Um, okay. So the last question that I have for you is what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way, not just through feast, but at Jimmy John's, other work experiences that you carry with you and they make an impact on your day, the way that you day to day run your organization, live your life, try to balance the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it would be caring about the people. Like I'm, I'm so happy that I started off as an entry level employee, you know, like mm. literally like I remember day or nights in Auburn where, you know, we made all of our money because of like all the college kids, you know, coming from the bars to eat a Jimmy John sandwich before <laughs> they went home. And so I know that's a funny story, but it's just like, you know, I mean, there were so many late nights of like scrubbing dishes at three o'clock in the morning, just like ready to go home and fall asleep. And I'm so thankful for that because like, even as I, you know, became the director of operations over, you know, 
12, Jimmy John's units across the state. Like I always felt like I could walk into any store and, you know, the employees knew that I cared about them. Mm-hmm. And um, as some of them probably thought like, oh, you know, this guy's the boss or whatever. But you know, I, I tried to make it apparent like, hey, I don't care what level you are in this company. I, I see you as a human and I love you and I'm, you know, trying to support you and stuff. And so I've tried to take that into being an entrepreneur as well. Like everyone that's being a part of the companies that we're growing, like I want them to know like, Hey, like if, if you're not successful, I'm not successful. So, you know, I'm not trying to be a business leader who, you know, makes money off of his employees. I want to be someone who works with the people I'm building a company with. And, you know, we, support each other together. So I I just think that's super important. I I think a lot of people forget that, you know, that they grow these successful companies and they forget like who it is that's really doing the hard work and making sure Mm -hmm. their company is successful. Okay. So do you have any, um, what sort of, do you have any suggestions or advice for, you know, just little ways that you show the people that you work with that you really care for them? Um, I've had this conversation with a couple people and it's like, you can't fake it. Like it's hard to give advice on something like that because you either mean it or you don't, you know, and like you you have to genuinely care, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have to like want to know that person's name and want to know like what they do outside of work. You know, like you've got to understand like work is not, what they're, you know, they have passions outside of the job they're doing for you. And so I think it's just very important to like, to just be real and genuine and get to know the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, great. Okay. So I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Um, and one of them, one of them, I'm going to have to rethink, but the first one I'll ask you is what, um, because most of the people who are listening to this podcast are either they're thinking about starting a business. They want to start a business involved somehow in the ecosystem of entrepreneurs. So are there any books, like one or two books that have been really impactful for um, starting, growing, leading your organization? Uh, books, not so. I, I'm ashamed. Podcasts? Yeah, it, yeah, it's okay I if you listen. To I'm not the biggest uh, book reader, but uh, in that line, I would just say find people that you admire and yeah. look at what they've done to succeed. You know, I mean, we've got such a great representative of Birmingham and Bill Smith. And just like, mm-hmm. he's my guy. Like, I, I mean, I, there's not much information that I can go research. I just watch the way he's done it, you know, and right. try to model that. And I mean, there's plenty of people you can look at like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. sorry. I'm biggest no, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. My next question is usually what's your favorite restaurant in Birmingham, but I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. I've actually, I know what it is. And I've answered that question literally in a text message group this morning, but I'm not going to do it to you on there. (laughs) So, okay. Oh, this is a good one. This is totally, I just came up with it. So if you were going to open a restaurant concept in Birmingham, what would you do? I would open a to-go only restaurant. And I know that sounds so bad because like, you know, so many restaurants are great because people are coming in, but like, Um, And I know a couple have tried it and it doesn't work, but like, if you do it right, a to-go only restaurant would be, it it would, it would do well in Birmingham because there's so many people in the hospitals and like in the heart of Birmingham that need food fast and just no one can do it anymore. And so you actually are seeing some restaurants do that, like Chick-fil-A is closing their lobbies all over the country and stuff. So 
Um, yeah. I wore well, going to the bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, they seem to still be doing. Oh yeah, really I know. That's well. what I'm saying. It's like their sales have doubled since <laughs> they did that. So um, yeah, if I were going to start a restaurant, it'd probably be a sandwich shop and a to-go only concept. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so a sandwich. Maybe shop. one. Maybe yeah. after you've you've innovated everything, then you'll go back to your. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on Building Birmingham together. I'm so glad that I finally got to tell your story. I think that Feast is doing amazing things in the city and for the city. So I can't wait to continue to watch y'all grow and see the new concepts that you come up with and how you're really going to support and help grow all the restaurants in Birmingham. Well, thanks so much, Cam. And before I go, and I heard Ryan Robinette say she she didn't pay me to say this, but I just want to I want to say Forge is phenomenal. It's it was our home for a little while, and I'm so thankful for that time. So if anybody's uh, looking for a workspace, go. Uh, <laughs> I talk about you all the time. I miss. I well, miss you. well, you're very kind. We miss you, but you know where you can always pop back in anytime. All right. Well, have well, a great thanks. day. It's such a such a pleasure. Building Birmingham Together is brought to you today by Forge. If you are tired of working from home and looking for a professional place to work to get work done, Forge is your solution. And do not forget about our holiday bundle of day passes, 10 day passes for just $199. Visit workatforge.com forward slash holiday bundle to learn more.